Well, if you have your Bibles tonight, we'll be opening up to Matthew chapter number 18. Matthew chapter number 18, and we'll start our reading in verse number 1 tonight. This was a lesson that Jesus taught to His disciples in Matthew chapter number 18. And it's one that, once again, we look at the disciples and we think to ourselves, man, what were you guys thinking? And then we can kind of look at ourselves and say, oh boy, well, I think the same way sometimes. Matthew chapter number 18 and verse number 1. We'll go ahead and start reading and see what the Bible tells us. At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child unto him and said, Set him in the midst of them, and said, Verily I say unto you, except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And who shall, whoso shall receive one such little child in my name receiveth me. But whoso shall offend one of these little ones shall believe in me. It were better for him that a millstone were hung about his neck and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Lord, I pray that you would help us to have an understanding of this passage of Scripture tonight. Uh, May we in some way be able to apply it to our own hearts and to our own lives. And Lord, I pray that you would just help us to understand even the lesson that you are trying to teach to the disciples here. Lord, again, we love you. And it's in your name we pray and in your name we ask it. Amen. Well, one of the things that Jesus is getting ready to show here, and I think it's so neat. You know, Jesus, he was such a great teacher. Well, when you study the stuff in the ways that Jesus taught, he always did one of two things. He, he wouldn't just stand before people and just yell at them. You know, he wouldn't just, just, just uh, uh, you know, get, get angry and tell them how they were messing up. No, he wanted to teach them. And Jesus, when you study how he teached, a lot of times he would do one of two things. He would either tell stories and he would use stories about people and help them understand. And then a lot of times he used uh, object lessons too. He would hold something up or he would say, hey, look at this. You know, here's a fruit tree. You need to be bearing fruit. I am the vine, ye are the branches. And he would say, this is how you ought to be. And here in this example, Jesus is teaching a lesson and he uses a little child. He uses just a small child. And it's something that everyone can understand. Everyone at one time was a child. And and they've certainly been around children. They know how children are. And here's the thing that he wanted to teach them. He looks at the disciples. And the disciples come running up to Jesus. And he said, Jesus, we want to know which one of us, and when we get to heaven, is going to be the greatest. Who's who's going to be the most powerful? Who's going to have the the most responsibility? Who is going to be the best when we get to your kingdom? Now, man, you, you think, look at the disciples and you think, man, what an what a arrogant and prideful thing to be asking. You know, who's, who's going to be the best? Who's going to be the greatest? And boy, don't, don't we sometimes get that way too? get kind of this pride in our hearts and we know we want to be the best. And, and maybe it's something to do with, maybe it's just something to do with men. I don't know. I'm not a girl. You know, I don't understand if girls feel this way or not. But I know sometimes this happens with guys because if you get a bunch of guys out on the basketball court playing ball... They're all going to see who's going to be the best shooter. They all want to see who's going to score the most points. That's why they write it down in their little books. Oh, yeah, at the last game, this guy made this many points, but this guy only made this many points. You know, you get a bunch of guys out, and they're, they're talking about hunting season last year. Oh, I shot my buck. He weighed this much. Oh, yeah, well, mine weighed more than that. And they talk about how who's going to be the best and who's going to be the greatest. And here, even amongst this, something so, something so spiritual and something so much more important 
the disciples are getting together and they say, well, who's going to be the best? And they ran up to Jesus and they said, Lord, when we get to heaven, when we get to your kingdom, who do you think is going to be the greatest? And man, what a foolish thing to ask. And folks, what we think of with this, Jesus, he gets ready to teach him a lesson. But I want to stop and take a moment right here with this. We need to be careful about our pride. We need to be careful about our pride. Do you realize that the Bible says in the Old Testament that only by pride cometh contention? That is the only way it says. Only by pride cometh contention. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean all sin, but when you've got people that are fighting and upset with one another, or a lot of times even other sins, when they do something that's wrong, a lot of it comes back to pride. I mean, it's how, how good they think of themselves. Oh, you know, you imagine someone that, you know, that he, he sees something that he really, really wants. You know, he thinks he deserves it. So he decides he's going to go steal it instead of paying for it like he ought to. Why would he do that? Well, it's because partially of the pride that's down inside his heart. Hey, I deserve that. I want that thing. Well, you know, why, should, why shouldn't I have something so nice? You know, well, I know I don't have the, the money for it, but still, I deserve that. I think I'm going to go take it because, you know, that's, that's just something I ought to have. And you, we see that pride building up in their heart. When you see a husband and wife who love each other dearly, and if they get to the point where they start fighting, boy, they'll start getting this thing deep down in their heart. And, and just because maybe they were offended, I can't believe my spouse would say that to me. And, you know, they'll start bowing up their back, and then they'll start fighting with one another. Because of the pride that's down inside their hearts. Our pride is such a funny thing. I may have told you this story before, but I once heard of a couple. They got into a huge fight over how to make a grilled cheese sandwich. Over how to cook a grilled cheese sandwich. And here was the difference. One, I can't remember which one was which, but, let's, but for the sake of the illustration, the husband said, well, if you're going to cook a grilled cheese sandwich, you put the butter in the pan first, and then you put the bread in it. And the wife said, no, you don't. You put the butter on the bread, and then you put them in at the same time. And at the end of the day, which one really doesn't make a difference? No, it's not going to make a difference. But boy, because they said they were wrong, that hurt their pride. And boy, they got into it, and they started fighting. And the first time I heard, because I knew the couple, the first time I thought of this, I thought, goodness gracious. I mean, are they really going to fight over something so silly? Well, they've got pride in their hearts, they will. And have you ever had something or had somebody call you out on maybe a fault, something that you did wrong? And they said, oh, man, you really you messed that up. And you thought, you don't tell me if I did it wrong. And it because it gets down in your heart and that hurts your pride, doesn't it? Folks, some pride is something that can creep in and it will hurt us in ways that that we never would have thought. If we can just learn to to humble ourselves and, and not care about me feeling good about myself now. Understand, to an extent, pride can be a good thing. There is a good amount of pride, but beyond that, it becomes sinful. I'll give you an example. I do believe that we ought to take pride, say, in our work. You know, if someone says, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build this, and then this is going to be a nice piece of furniture, and, and I'm going to put my name on it. If I'm going to put my name on it, I want it to be the best that it can be because, hey, I take, I take pride in my work. I want people to know that I do quality work. See, now, that's not necessarily a sinful thing. That's just me taking what I do seriously. You know, that's, that is a good sense of pride. But when your pride gets to the point of, look at how great I am. Man, I'm just, I'm just the best. I, I am beyond ever, ever doing anything wrong because of just how wonderful it is for anyone to even know me. And they are blessed just by being in my presence. 
That's not the way God wants us to be. And so these disciples, they let pride get down in their heart. Maybe at this point they had seen miracles. Hey, I've seen Jesus do, you know, 20 miracles. Oh, yeah, well, I saw him do 25. So, you know, I'm going to be better than you are. You know, well, we don't know what maybe they thought their standard was or what they were arguing about. But we knew they were concerned about who was going to be the best. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you something. There is no one person that's going to be of a greater status when it comes to the things of God. Because I want to tell you, when we study God's Word, every single person that has ever lived, they are born and they live as sinners. And I say that because we have all broken God's law. It's not a matter of how great necessarily our sin was, which, by the way, some sins have greater consequences than others. But at the end of the day, we are all in need of Christ's forgiveness. And then when He died and shed His blood, He shed His blood for all of us equally. It doesn't matter how much money one person has, how poor another person is, how much charity work this person did, or how selfish this person was. If we can all find ourselves at the foot of the cross in need of Jesus... That's going to be the end of it. I mean, you think there was a guy, if you remember the story, there was a man that was on the cross next to Jesus the very same day. He didn't do a thing his entire life. And while he was hanging there beside Jesus, he looked at him and said, remember me this day when you come into your kingdom. And then Jesus looked at him and said, this day you're going to be with me in paradise. Did the guy do anything? No. Did he still get to go to paradise? Yep. Because he simply believed. We have no room. The Bible says that salvation comes by grace through the faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. You see, if it mattered how much we worked, then I would have something to brag about. If it was all about what I did, I would have a reason to say, hey, look how good I am. Think about this. If I knew that all I had to do was just, man, I were able to do these 10 steps Man, 10 steps and you get to go to heaven. You do these 10 things and, man, you've worked your way there. After I got done with number 10, I would look back and say, hey, look what I did. Man, I got it. I got all 10 done. I get to go to heaven. Now, what, what number are you on? Oh, oh, you're just on number four. Don't worry. You know, you, you'll get there. You, you'll catch up one day. You see, I can start looking how good I am. That's not the way it works. It works because God's the one that done it all. I don't have a reason to boast. So these disciples, they came to him and said, Lord, who is going to be the greatest? And we need to remember, there is no person that's ever going to be greater. There is no person that's immune to getting pride. And here's something that's even dangerous too. I thought this was interesting. These were even the men of God. These were the people that followed Jesus around. We need to remember that just because a person has one position, maybe this person is, is some kind of and, you know, this person some kind of Sunday school teacher, or this person some kind of pastor or missionary, or this person, hey, he works in the nursery, or hey, maybe this guy's just the janitor at the church. It doesn't matter, because there's no one person that's any more special than the other. And even these men, these guys that, that walked and talked with Jesus himself, they still got puffed up with pride. You know, and I think it's a very dangerous thing. We need to never look at our position and think that we are ever uh, going to be better than anyone else. And you know, pride is something that at the end of the day, it can kind of bring us shame. Have you ever put yourself up somewhere? Then finally, whenever you got knocked off of that pedestal, it hurt you a little bit. See, if we never put ourselves up here, we'll never have a place to fall to. But if we're already down on our knees where we're supposed to be, we'll always be looking up. 
at how good Jesus is. So we never want to lift ourselves up here. So we saw that there is this, this pride that men have. Now, there is kind of a, a position. Look at what Jesus did. Verse number two, And Jesus called a little child unto him and set him in the midst. He set this little child in the midst and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except you be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Folks, one of the things we're getting ready to learn is that there's a certain, a certain service that we ought to have. The Bible also talks about in a different passage of being the servant of all. And here we see that he takes this little child and he sets him in the middle. And he says, look, see this kid? He's not worried about if he's going to be in the greatest in heaven or not. He's not worried about you know, what kind of position that he's going, to, he's going to have as it relates to me. And he says, we ought to be and have faith like children. And so he talks just for a minute about salvation. Folks, I want you to see this. Have you ever seen how, how innocent the belief of children are? I mean, you can, you can tell them anything and they'll just believe you. I mean, they're not, they're not suspicious. You know, when, when you've got a little child, and I, it's kind of sad, I remember this. Do you remember the first time somebody told you Santa Claus wasn't real? I actually remember that day. I was crushed. What? You know, I, I remember when this was happening because uh, anyhow, different story. But the point is, you know, you tell children about Santa Claus, about the Easter Bunny or Tooth Fairy or whatever. We, we played this game in our house. Uh, you ever seen the elf on a shelf? And it's, it's a little toy elf and you'll sit it somewhere. And then every morning you take, the, take this toy elf and you sit it somewhere else in the house. And it would be like the elf is kind of moving around because he's going to be watching you, you know, at Christmas time. And I remember sometimes you, you, play, you play this game and kids would just be like, wow, the, the elf is, he's, how did the elf get over there? How did he move from over here to over here, you know? And they'll play these games. They have such wonder and they have such belief. And you tell them these things. And, and I think sometimes even as parents, we have to be careful with how much they believe because, listen, Jesus Christ is real. You know, while Santa Claus isn't. And I understand it's a, it's a fun game sometimes we play. But there is no stipulations to belief. They're not, they're not worried about anyone telling them wrong or directing them wrong. And look at what Jesus said about that. Verse number 2, And Jesus called a little child unto him and set him in the midst. He took that kid and put him in the middle. He says, watch this, disciples. Verse number 3, Except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. He says, except you become as this child are, it's not a, a child is, it's not a matter of who's the greatest. You won't even get there unless you show up like this kid is. So folks, our belief in Jesus Christ becoming converted, it's as simple as this. We don't need to look at Jesus and wonder, well, man, goodness, I hope. No, we need to just have that simple childlike faith. Just take it as true. Just take it as something simple. Just, just count it as true and, and look at Jesus with that wonder and that belief, just knowing that it's real. And humble ourselves, it says. Whosoever shall therefore humble himself as this little child. And here's the answer. The same, that kind of person, is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. That's the person that's going to be the greatest. The one that's going to humble himself. You know, there's this principle in the Bible. It says the last is going to be first. And the first will end up being last. 
I think when we get to heaven, we're going to be really surprised who ends up being the first. Now, I don't, I don't think the Lord's going to look at us and say, oh man, you were the best and you were the worst. I don't think that's the way it's going to be. But when it comes to the rewards that Christ gives us, I think the people that are going to be rewarded the most will probably be folks we don't even know about. And probably we'll be really surprised at some of the ones that the names that we know probably end up being the least. Because that's a principle that we find in the Bible. The Lord wants us as His people to, to be servants. To be servants of all. To imp- simply even come to the point of here with this child. And being willing to, ser- willing to be last. See look, he- here's the people that, that try to be first. If you are always wanting to be first. Always wanting to be the best. Always wanting to be seen. That kind of person... And we probably all know someone in our minds that would be like that. That kind of person, usually they end up being someone that's a little bit greedy, right? Always trying to see how how great they can be. They'll certainly be prideful. They want everyone to know how great they are. Uh, That'll be a person that maybe people don't even like being around them that much. Have you ever had someone that when you're around them, the only thing they talk about is themselves? That's it. I mean, there comes a point if you're around a person like that, all they talk about is themselves. At some point, you're just like, oh, goodness, man. I mean, talk about something else. I mean, we're here. We're with you. We all know you. We know what you've done and we know where you've been. Let's talk about something else. I mean, can we talk about the weather? I mean, something. You know, people, when they see that person, they don't don't even want to be around them. Why? Because they're looking at themselves. No one likes that prideful, greedy, arrogant person. We ought to be last and see how low we can put ourselves. Folks, those who serve that make themselves low, they're going to be the ones the Bible says is first. And you know what? This isn't something that Jesus is just saying. He actually lived it. We've talked about this before. Remember what Jesus did when he was with the disciples and he went into that room? He got down on his knees and he washed the disciples' feet. Jesus knew what it meant to be made a servant. Jesus knew what it meant to serve others. Are we willing to take that pride that's in our heart and say, you know what? My pride's gone. I, I, don't, I don't even have, I don't even want any pride left. Who am I able to serve? Who am I able to, to help? And who, who am I able to be a witness to? And the least amount of pride I have and the more I learn to do for others, Man, the Bible says that kind of person is going to be the one that's first. Not the one that's scratching and clawing to be at the top. Because, because think, I mean, that guy that's always worried about being first, how much is he willing to serve others? Probably that guy is willing to step over top of people to get as far as he possibly can. He, he's willing to, you know, climb that ladder. He's going to knock other people down and push them out of the way and do whatever he can to be first. Instead of serving others. Now think of that servant. Have you ever met somebody? And I'm thinking of another guy right now. Have you ever met somebody and that, has, that has this testimony? And I've said this. I said, man, I know that guy. Man, that guy, he's such a great guy. He would give you the shirt off his back. You ever known a guy like that? I mean, there's a guy I'm thinking of right now. And I'm telling you, this guy, when you met him, you would almost think, boy, that's, that's a rough guy. He's a dangerous guy. And that he's, you know, he's a strong man. But his heart was just so big, he would do absolutely anything for anybody at any time. And everyone loved being around this guy. 
because of just how much of a servant he was. He had a servant's heart. And the Bible says, yeah, that guy. The one that's able, able to serve children. The one that's humble. The one that's okay to be putting himself low. Man, others know his love. And everyone's going to love that person. We talked a little bit about George Mueller before. You know, this was a guy... If I understand properly, when he, when he died, when he passed away, he hardly even had anything to his name. Just you know, a few coins in his pocket, that kind of stuff. And what he did is he took his entire life and he dedicated and devoted his life to serving children. And he, he ran an orphanage, a big one at that. And you know, he, he would serve these kids. He would witness to these kids. He clothed these kids. He fed these kids. He, he did everything for these children. He never did anything for himself. And at the end of his life, while he didn't have anything, it is said of George Mueller that everyone in the surrounding community, everyone in that town, everyone in that county, just kind of the area where he lived, everyone was there at his funeral because everyone loved him. Everyone knew him. He wasn't trying to be something that he wasn't. He wasn't full of pride. He was so humble and he was so servant-oriented that everyone fell in love with that man. And they were there to honor him on his deathbed. Because he was the servant of all. He was a servant even of children. Folks, this is who God wants us to be. That man was great because he served. And that's who we ought to be. And so lastly, we're going to see this. Is these children, they, are, they seem to be uh, low in a position. But boy, they were accepting Jesus Christ. Look what the Bible says here in verse number 4. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. He's going to be the one that's greatest. And whoso shall receive one such little child in my name, right, serving even those children, he receiveth me. Folks, that kind of person, he's the kind of person that's willing to accept Christ. Folks, children of God, they ought to be willing even to serve down to the lowest of the lowest, we would say status-wise, those children. But look at what it says on the other side. But whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believeth in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that were drowned in the depths of the sea. Woe unto this world because of offenses. For it must needs be, excuse me, for it must needs be that offenses come, but woe to that man by which come the offense. Wherefore, if thy hand or thy foot offend thee, cut them off and cast them from thee. For it is better for thee to enter into the life Halt or maimed, rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into everlasting fire. Folks, what we're getting ready to see is he's talking about that kind of person that's humbling himself as opposed to this kind of person that's willing to offend anyone, even offend children. Salvation is not me working and doing the best, being the absolute best I can be. No, it's about me humbling myself. Being humble is all through the Christian life. Even when it comes to salvation, that number one day, when I look at myself and I say, you know, I am worthy of death. I'm worthy of my sin. I'm worthy of paying off my debt. I am unworthy of the goodness of Jesus Christ. Lord, I, I humble myself. I lower myself because I need you. And that's when the Lord looks at me. And then we continue that same way, humbling myself as a child, serving others, serving here, serving there. And, you know, I don't know how it is when it comes to the specifics of how God would want us to serve. But when other people look at us, or when they think of me, when they think of my family, when they think of the things that we do, 
Do they see us as a person that's willing to offend anybody or willing to make any kind of offense just to scratch and claw my way to the top and look at how popular and great and wonderful I can be? Or do we see ourselves as someone that's humble and low, someone that's quiet? We don't care about being in the limelight. You know, we just love others, so we're willing to do things for them. You know, we don't care about what people think of us. I just want to be there to show people that I love them. You know, think about this, and then this will be kind of our final example. Look at what, look at what has happened into modern-day campaigns in politics, right? The whole thing comes down to one of two things. If, if I, let's say if I were running for president, all I would want to do is just show you how good I am. But boy, the people on the other side, all they're worried about doing is making you just look like dirt. Man, they just want to throw mud and they want to throw you to the side and they're going to scratch and claw and put you down and offend you as much as they can just to make themselves look good. Oh, look how awful he is because of how good I am. You know, I think it's pretty rare for us to ever truly see what's going on in someone in the background. You know, there's a lot of things that we hear about. You know, we, I remember there's several things like with President Bush after he, had, you know, after he had gotten out. And again, we understand people are people and they mess up. But there were a lot of times I heard about things and I have read things that presidents have done that never made it into the media where they would go and they would visit in a hospital without any cameras, without anyone around. They would go to a hospital where some of our soldiers had been hurt and they would tell them, man, they appreciated for their service and they were thankful for their sacrifice. And they didn't want any cameras around. You know, they, they weren't doing it for the publicity. They were doing it because they were truly thankful. And we don't hear about things like that. They never make it to the media. Folks, that's where we want our lives to be. Not in this sense of scratching and clawing, as it says in verse number one, the disciples want to know who's going to be greatest. We don't serve God to be the greatest. We serve God to be the least. Because the Bible says, whoever is the least, whoever can make himself the lowest, whoever can humble himself, that's the person that's going to be the greatest. So folks, let me ask you this simple question. This will be our challenge. We'll be finished up with this. When Christ looks at us, and when He looks down at our hearts, what does He see? Does He see me wanting to be someone that's, hey, looking for a pat on the back, wanting people to like me, wanting people to lift me up? Or does He see me being someone that is just there and does the things He does because He wants to serve? Just because He has the right heart, because He loves others. Do we love others? Do we want to serve others? Are we humble like little children? Or do we play out in our pride? Do we just wallow around in our pride and want to get as as good as we possibly can be just so we can get the pat on the back? Folks, let's be humble as the Bible says these little children are. We'll stop there and let's have a word of prayer. Lord, as we think about these things that, that we've seen here in the Scripture... Lord, none of us are immune to, to facing our own pride. I think it's something that comes with that, that sin nature that we have. Lord, sometimes we get so puffed up and we get so worried about ourselves and, and what people think of us. And, Lord, we get so worried about how maybe even we think of ourselves. I pray that you would convict us and show us how we can be more humble. Help us to look for ways to serve others. Help us to look for ways to work for others and and do for others instead of expecting things to be done for us. And Lord, especially as it comes to, to being in heaven with you one day, 
Lord, help us to never expect anything of you. We certainly know we don't deserve any of your goodness, yet it's just simply out of your love. Well, folks, with every head bowed, with every eye closed, as, as you all know, we never want to close a service without having a time for, for anyone just to do business with the Lord. Has the Lord spoken to your heart about something, maybe even tonight, or maybe even some other place in your own heart, and your own life? Is there something that the Lord has impressed upon you? If so, this would be your time to do business with Him. You know, a person that's prideful, he'll be dishonest to get on top. A person that's prideful doesn't care what happens to others as long as he's the greatest. But it's an amazing thought that those who can become the lowest and serve the most, in the end of the day, he's the one who ends up being the greatest. Let's ask God to show us ways how we can be humble and serve others. God in heaven, again, we thank you that you were willing to serve us. Lord, it says in your word that you became obedient. You became obedient to death, even the death on the cross. Lord, you were so humble that you were willing to wash the feet of men. Lord, you served us. And pray that we would follow your example and that we would be willing to serve others as well. Now, Lord, as we leave and and go go about our own ways and we go into the week ahead of us, May we look for ways to continue to do just that, to serve you and to serve others and to live for you the best way we know how. Our Father, bless us now and and may we honor you above all. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming out again tonight. Just uh, remember that really the only update we have this week would be since Thursday is 4th of July. Uh, I know probably a lot of folks got things going on on the holidays. There'll be no uh, ladies Bible study on the holiday itself. So, okay, other than that, we'll be dismissed. Love you guys.